0: I believe we're gonna go ahead and just move in. So I don't know if y'all are sticking, hanging, or if you're all going down. I don't know. Okay. That's good. if you want to sit and you're comfortable, it's good. Because we're gonna do we're gonna take communion a little bit later. And I know that Matt's got some things for that that God put in his heart already. So Matt already mentioned this morning he and I were talking and This week, as I've been working on this, uh, this word, I, this word's been in my heart for a couple of weeks. I just didn't know when it was going to be released. and I think it was Friday, Apostle called and said, I'm not going to be there. So I said, okay, I know what we're doing. <laughs> the kids going out today? All right, kids, I didn't know you were going out today. But if you want to go, and uh, we have a, an incredible children's church. And I say that in the sense that this is not a place where they go as babysitting. They go and they learn about the goodness of God and what God does in the lives of people. They learn how to pray. They learn how to heal, lay hands on people, speak healing over them, deliverance. They, they, I'm telling you they're learning how to be followers of Christ. So we thank you for our children. They're already gone. They, risked, they like what they're doing because they're out of here already. <laughs> All right well in john twelve twenty four there is a, well the whole chapter of John or twelve I mean the chapter of John twelve is about the resurrection. Resurrection can speak of nothing but life you know and I, I was I, I didn't plan on even talking about it, just take a few seconds and say, you know it it's interesting because. the world is against the resurrection. The world does not like a resurrected Christ. They don't like it. They try to squash it and keep it out of everything. Even the church has fallen into that. And what I mean by that, in the first couple centuries that the church was around, it was a church about the resurrection. Any, any art, any drawings, any scribblings, anything that was ever done that was a sign that Christians were there, were about resurrection. But after the institutionalized church came to be in the third and fourth century, all the artwork began to lean towards crosses, more of a death centered, about the death of Christ, that the focus is not on the resurrection, it's about the death. But we'll say this morning that I'm thankful that before resurrection, there has to be death. There has to be a dying. But we are the body of Christ. And whatever we can do to promote the fact that he has risen, is how I, that's where I want to be. I don't want to follow. I don't want to look and be around a cross that has an image of Christ still hanging on it. That's just not for me. That's why I say the church even lent into that that sense of he's on the cross. No, he's not. He's risen. He's risen. But in John 12, 24, Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat or a kernel or a corn fall in the ground and die, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Now the, The people around him don't know if they caught on right away, but he was referring, he was beginning to speak of his own death, the imminent death that he would, he would, he would die. And yet, I don't know if they caught it right then because he gives them a gentle, a gentle ease into it because he says, unless it dies, and when it dies, it will produce much life, much, much more seed, much more life. So he's preparing them at that point already for what was going to happen. If you read back in chapter 12, it's very interesting how it works through because it begins and they're back in Bethany and they're the home of Martha and Mary and Lazarus who had been dead and raised. The whole chapter has to do with People coming said not only to see Jesus but they wanted to see Lazarus because they they had known he died and here he was alive again so there was excitement about the resurrection there was excitement of what comes after death they saw life they wanted to see more of it to the point where the Pharisees it says they even met together to think about how should we kill Lazarus too should we try to kill him because those who see him alive beginning to follow Jesus because they saw life they they recognized life that which dies produces much that seems to go against the grain of a lot of, of the way we would naturally think because death seems to have such a finality to it but in dying life comes Paul refers to this spiritual truth, and I'm just just going to refer to about six or seven verses just to get the point through. 1 Corinthians 15, 36 says, That which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Galatians 2, 20, I've been crucified, put to death with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Gave himself for me. Wow. Second Corinthians five seventeen, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old is passed away. New. New is here. New has come. First Peter two twenty four. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we may die to sin and live to righteousness. Romans 6, 1 through, or 6, I guess it's 6, 1 through 6. I don't know how I have it written. I just got it all screwed up. Doesn't matter. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live any longer in it? And see, that begins, done, that begins to lean into where I want to go today. Romans 6, 8 says, if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. So it's not a finality. What we're talking about is resurrection. We're talking about new life. Talking about being able to accomplish where we could know before we could not accomplish. Luke 9, 24 through 25. Says, whoever wants to save their life, Jesus said, will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Seems to be opposites. The kingdom is about Opposites. <laughs> If you want to have something, you got to give something. If you want to live, you got to die. Seems strange, but it's kingdom life. This life in Christ finds its power after death. You hear that? This life we have in Christ Jesus, because of his work on the cross, this life we live today as believers, all the power is after the death. Death to sin and its power. (sighs) I got, I just got carried away while I was writing notes down and I didn't know, (laughs) they're just silliness, but it made me think of statements that we say even in our life today and in, in, in movies we hear, you know, dead men tell no tales. And as I was sitting there just thinking about it, and I kind of got tickled about it, but it's like, why can't he run his mouth? Why can't he tell lies? Why can't he spread discourse among the brethren? Because he's dead. I told Vicki yesterday, I've I've, I've really been torn on this because it, it it was beginning to convict me. As the more I did this, the more I went through this. Because I know how my mouth is. And that's just a part of our lives, our mouth. But with it, we can, put, we can put a forest to fire. I don't know. Those of you who have kids probably remember. These were just silly ramblings in my head. But I wrote them down for the fun of it. Anybody ever see the Muppet Treasure Island? I think one of the best <laughs> statements in it was a character called Dead Tom. <laughs> Other characters say, why do they call him Dead Tom? Because he's dead. <laughs> Silliness. But it's part of what we, it's, it's, it's in our system. Even in, the, in this Christmas time, A Christmas Carol, the very first words, if you've ever read the book, Old Marley was dead, dead as a doornail. there's something about being dead as a doornail it's not about personal death you understand that it's not about dying it's about dying (laughs) to myself to my desires to my wants it's about being able to come to a place where I recognize that his life in me is much better Than what I can produce in myself. (laughs) When we die to ourselves, to our flesh, to the desires to sin, is when we begin to live for Christ. And He's able to live through our mortal bodies. Because we are His hands and feet, we are His body. We are to do the things on earth that He wants done we are those who will fulfill the great commission he's sitting at the right hand of the father in case you didn't know that or realize that think about it ever interceding for us but he's sitting at the right hand of the father so who are we we're his body and we're here on earth And so there's responsibility comes with that walking like he would walk Paul refers to it, walk in the spirit, not in the flesh. That's what he's referring to. Don't let your flesh be the one that has, has life. Let Christ be alive in you and put those desires away. Lay them down. I know Vicki's told the story many times and I'm not going to make it long because we're moving through and we're doing amazingly well. She's told the story about our neighbors having one of their dogs got hit year, you know, way back years ago. Kids were little, and she didn't want their kids to see it, so she decided she'd bury it. And I was at work, and, da, 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 and so was Kyle. But so they go and dig a hole, and they drag the dog back, and they put it in the hole in the sling there. While she's digging the hole, she looks over, and she sees all the ticks. They were on the dog. They were outside dogs. They weren't inside dogs. All the ticks were backing off, releasing their hold on it, and backing off. (laughs) The Lord spoke to her a pretty good message. (laughs) Because where the life's gone, there is no place. For the enemy, for those leeches, for those things that encumber and take us and hold us and, and ruin our lives. There's nothing to feed on. When the life's gone, when that old life's gone, there's nothing left to feed on and they backed off. What an amazing picture. The demons feed. On your flesh. I hate to be that descriptive. But that's exactly what it is. When our flesh is alive and at work. The demons feed off of it. And they have a heyday. And they laugh at us. Because we name the name of Christ. And at the same time. They were just puppets in their hands. These are things that just cannot be. They cannot be. I speak to myself. They cannot be, Dan. They can't be. I've got to die at a greater level. I've got to put these things away that are in me. Put to death those members that are in you and in me. That's why recently, as I came into just, a, I read it in a, in a book I was reading, and most of you know and you've heard me talk about it. But I've begun to practice where I literally speak it out of my mouth that I will not come into agreement with things that come against me. Whether it be colds, head colds, whatever, doesn't matter what comes against me. I don't make a verbal agreement with it. In fact, I verbally speak it against it. It's not a... It's not a name and claim and refusing to believe something's come up on me, but it's about me agreeing with it. I don't have to agree with it. I have to fight it. Does not the Bible all the way through it talk about the struggles that man has, that he must endure? He must must fight. But it's not fighting per se to live. It's fighting from the victory we already have in Christ, knowing who he is in us, Therefore, we don't have to come in agreement with the things of this earth. We can speak against those things. These last three days, I've been, I've, I've, i felt it right after Christmas. I felt it it just came on. Man, sinuses just started going crazy. And I knew it was there, but I just began to say, I don't make any agreement with this. My agreement is with Righteousness. It's with the word the Lord spoke. It's what Jesus said, what I'm going to stay with. That's what I'm agreeing with, that I'm healed, that the healing is mine. I don't have to submit to this stuff. Doesn't mean I don't have to fight it. So for three days, I've been fighting it. Do you know what? This morning, last night, I knew I was really pushing through it. I felt really pretty good. felt good this morning. I got in my truck, and I started heading here. And my sinuses just blew up. What a surprise. So I just begin to fight again. I say, no. No, I know your game and I'm not dealing with it. I'm not not even going to receive it as part of just the natural realm out here that we have to have. No, we don't. We're spirit beings. We name the name and follow the one who overcame all, all, all overcame everything for us so that we don't have to we, we we push we fight against it absolutely we speak the truth against it absolutely but it's a practice i've begun because i'm recognizing more and more that his life in me is what counts not my life not what i can produce John fourteen thirty, Jesus said an amazing thing, and I've been hanging on this for a few months. I know there's more to it, but I just I just love it. It's where he was talking with the disciples, around the time they were having their Passover meal. He makes a statement. It says the rule of this world comes, and he has nothing in me. Boy, I like that. He has nothing in me. Did Jesus have to fight his will? Absolutely. But he never agreed with the enemy. His agreement was with the will of the Father. So he had to go through some tough stuff. He went through some hell. But he had never made agreement with it. He didn't take it on as his. He just knew what the will of the Father was, and that's where his agreement was. I want to, I desire to come to that place in my life where I can say he has nothing in me. I know it spiritually, I know it. I know it's true, but I want my will, I want my will to be in agreement with his will so that I can walk through whatever I have to walk through and be able to say, he has nothing in me, nothing. That's my desire. that's why it's said that he gave up the ghost Jesus even said they can't kill me I give myself because of the greater cause they couldn't kill him he gave up the ghost because he was God incarnate God cannot be killed God can't die so he gave up the ghost for us John sixteen thirty three. he said that in him we can have peace he said in the world you'll have tribulation but in me you can have peace so he said be a good cheer I've overcome the world what a good place to be what a good place to be to have the one who died for you tell you if you abide in me you can have peace As you're walking around this world, you're going to come up against some stuff. Be of good cheer. I've already defeated it. (laughs) I've already put it in its place. So it may hurt. It may deter you. It may cause you to detour sometimes, but be of good cheer. I've overcome. The tribulation of this world does not have to have any place in you. today we're about to see the end of 2019 we have a couple days left and that's it we've seen victories in it i have i've seen victories i've seen some failures a lot of failures in myself i've seen gain i've seen loss hope and hope deferred (laughs) but what are we going to do with this year We're going to hold on to it, and we're going to let it die. Let it pass and move forward, laying aside all the things that it caused us. There's nothing wrong with holding on to the memories of the victories, but there's plenty more ahead. Plenty more ahead. So we don't have to lay back there and dwell on our our victories. There's plenty more ahead. Dwayne, it's so good to see you guys here. And you're looking amazing. that's glory to God. We could have easily lost you. But God, your steadfast desire to be what he wants you to be. I applaud you, brother keep pushing. (laughs) Dying is about leaving things behind, putting them to death, putting them back here, leaving them behind. If we're in agreement with the truth, then there's nothing but one thing that we can do today with the year that's passing. If we believe in the truth that we're to move forward and victory is who we are, We're victorious, and there's really not much we can do with this year that's passed except to let it go. Be thankful for the victories, be thankful for the gain, and leave the rest behind. With all our understanding and wisdom and by his spirit, let's put to death the members that are in us, the fears that plagued us in 2019, the failures that paralyzed us the lies we made agreement with and the unbelief we lived with let's put them behind it's a simple as coming before him and telling him father I'm sorry I'm sorry I believed that it was a lie that's all it takes he gave us the example that he would forgive 7 times 7 70. It was just forever and ever he will continually forgive So let's let 2019 go by the way. Lay hold of the new season that lays ahead. I want us this morning to take communion together as a body. It's out here and if there's not enough, we have plenty more in there, but there should be there should be enough. It probably wouldn't hurt you to Get up out of your seats and, and go retrieve your own. Let's just do it. Just everybody go in here and get, just grab a communion cup. And when you're seated, we'll, we'll move forward.
1: a big part of leaving some things behind as we get ready to take communion is forgiving. As I was talking to Dan a bit this weekend, he said, I feel we're supposed to do communion and um, leave 2019 in good standing so to say put it behind us yeah but let's put it behind us in a way that is healthy in a way that's in a way that puts us in good standing to move into 29, 2020 and I've shared this testimony before so many of you may know but a big part of, uh, something that happened to my family in 2016 was my sister. Um, she was married to a youth pastor and he was, uh, arrested for sleeping with one of the kids in the youth group. And this all just literally the, 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 the policeman came into their home she had no idea what was going on it was pulled him out and he was arrested and he's in prison for 25 years and probation for 15 i mean he's ruined his life and it was just such a tragedy for our family and tragedy for my sister to go through but for everyone on both even on both sides of the family it's like oh my and there was so much pain and grief anger unforgiveness and there's a time to be angry and there's a time to grieve we know that from the life of Jesus and from the word of God there's a time to go through these seasons but as I was moving through the emotions and the tragedy of what happened and the trauma of everything, I realized it's okay for us to feel what we're feeling right now, right? It's okay that we're confused, upset, frustrated, angry. Um, It says, be angry, but sin not in your anger. You know, it's like, it's okay for us to feel the emotions, but I don't think that the word ever tells us it's okay to live in unforgiveness. And that's a really hard reality to to think, okay, I can experience all these emotions, but at the end of the day, you've got to choose forgiveness. And I went on a personal journey that year, thinking, wow, how am I supposed to forgive this person? Let alone, how's my sister supposed to forgive him? how is he supposed to forgive himself? I mean, it's just all these emotions. And the Lord spoke to me. I was driving to Austin, Texas, um, to be at a conference with some folks. And I heard the Lord so clearly say this to me, forgive him by faith. I was like, I have never heard that before. That's strange. That is that biblical? Is that what? What's that word? I've never been taught that. Never heard that. Never read that. And the Lord began to take me on a uh, on a testimony. <laughs> it's in the middle of my testimony. It was in the middle of my anger. And unforgiveness asking, how do we get to this place, God? And he said, Forgive him by faith. Everything you do in the spirit realm, everything you do in the kingdom, everything you do is appropriated by faith. Your salvation is by faith. When you give, if, if you are sowing, giving into the work of the Lord, and you don't do it in faith, then you're just giving your money away. If, if it's not done in faith, we understand this concept of faith, doing things in faith. So the Lord spoke to me and said, forgive him by faith, knowing that one day you'll be able to forgive him on your own. And so I started st- studying a little bit more about this and I think I wrote this song that night and I still haven't even really finished the song. I've got a few phrases here and a chorus that I think is all right, I can sing this as a family or as a church or whatever. This new revelation, this new concept of forgive someone by faith because that's what we do in the kingdom is he calls us to forgiveness and he calls us to do everything we do in faith. So I share that with you so that you can look back on 2019 and see where there might be unforgiveness, living, still lingering. I forget who said this, Watchman knee maybe, he said the problem with a living sacrifice is it keeps crawling off the altar. I guess why Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow. Because the problem with us being a living sacrifice or the problem with us dying to sin is that oftentimes we'll get up and remember the things that happened to us before and not walk in the forgiveness that he calls us to so we have to daily surrender and do these things by faith and say as, and, and as you do it in faith something rises up in you you know what it is that rises up in you it's your spirit man it's the spirit of God going yes that's what I've called you to do And he starts to empower us and enable us and equip us to live not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So as we look at 2019 and as Dan has talked about laying things down, let them die. Let's let unforgiveness die in 2019. let it not come back and have to have to deal with this in 2020. Let's forgive where we need to forgive. So as we reflect with the communion in your hand, the little grape juice and cardboard wafer, it's a symbol. We take communion in faith, right? He's already done it. It's not like he's about to do it now. He's already done it. You already have the victory. So let's do this together. Just reflect. Spend a few minutes of your own time. I might sing a few lines of this song, and you might could join in as you have things that you need to lay before the Lord.
2: the okay.